conscious schooling for kids, plant medicine, and why your past makes you a powerhouse. Today, Michael and Jay talk with Belinda McNulty from Mystic Kids about her incredible new conscious schooling programs and so much more. This is Music Spirit and Accountability, episode 18, with Jay Hode and Michael Cooper. All right, here we are today with Belinda McNulty. BB, I am so excited to have you here today. BB is my uh, code name for you um, and a lot of other people, I think. Um, BB, you are the creator of uh, Mystic Kids and some other incredible projects. Welcome to our podcast today. How are you feeling? Oh, super pumped. Yeah. Super pumped. It's exciting to be on here and to be able to talk about whatever it is that, you know, unfolds. So maybe we could start with um, the Mystic Kids journey. And um, if you could tell us a bit about that, I, I've been blown away by, you know, seeing what you're creating here and giving this incredible outlet for kids, uh, you know, for kids to go to and, and soak up that magic. What's that all about, BB? Yeah, Mystic Kids um, came about. So we launched at the beginning of the year. And um, so seeing that there was such a gap in disability services and kids in general. So not like trying to put them in a box, but showing them a way that they could, um, you know, emotionally regulate behavior management, social skills, and that sort of thing. In the times that we're in, everything is electronic. Like they're all on their devices and those basic social skills and communication and being able to regulate um, just aren't there. And mm. it's not taught in schools. The teachers are so busy with paperwork and everything else that it's just not available. So we bring them in. We have two groups going at the moment. And um, the first two terms was all about um, bringing, just bringing kids in regardless of whether they had funding, regardless of whether they could afford to do anything and um, like parent wise. And um, so we had, I think we did 10 sponsored spots in the first two in the first two terms. So um, from a business perspective, you know, that was that was just my time. That was my time bringing these kids in to start working with them to show the parents how we could give them tools and tips on how to do that. So being a mum of four, um, <laughs> four, there's so many of them. Being a mum of four, um, you know, I've got, we've, we've had everything. We have had everything come through down anorexia, ASD. I, I could rattle off an entire alphabet um so the i wish that i had me (laughs) in the early years that could look at things from a different perspective and actually feel into what these kids need and that's just love they want love and connection and that's what they get so a hundred percent baby that's just yeah such a magical sharing so what sets your up your space apart like you said compared to schools obviously i guess it's the the one-on-one attention right and your unique skill set so you know i guess from your heart what do you feel is really separating um you apart and making this so magnetic for so many yeah i think it's because we've created an environment here so down at the studio so we have like a whole heap of sensory mats so we've got like our place is full now and that's come through donations as well so we've got the whole place is full of sensory mats we've got the blue lighting for the nervous system on the roof so everything that we do has a purpose but the kids don't realize it has a purpose so in their minds you know they're blowing air out of their mouths like a whale right when really mm-hmm. they're doing breath work 
mm. you know so working with them in a different way they learn the meditation we have the drums you know we have you know rattles a whole heap of stuff that we're getting them to do and they're actually able to unleash they have to share you know so they're actually learning those basic skills that you know mum and dads are so busy now that you know we forget about those things and we don't have time to you know to sort of bring that to the home front so that's where we come into play and they they do they just come in and play and snacks they eat consistently for the hour <laughs> that's so cool yeah yeah i love how you've kind of um you know sort of disguise the breath work as as whale breathing and the medicine music and shamanic you know music as you know beating drums and all this which i guess is what it is right but um yeah, yeah wow so cool yeah. and you're based down in brisbane right or up in brisbane yeah. yeah yeah we're in cleveland so we're in the redlands so we're halfway between brisbane and the gold coast okay great and what led you to creating this because there was such a gap in the system yeah. um, between um, like when all the lockdowns, all that sort of stuff, we actually missed out on all of our therapies and I watched the kids go down really quick. Mm-hmm. And for me, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't okay. You know, we'd worked so hard and it was, there needs to be something in place because the wait lists are so long. You can't get into a paediatrician for at least 18 months. Wow. So at least 18 months. Psychology is the same thing. Psychiatry, all of those OTs, all of those skills that they want you to work with, like all of those people, you can't get in to see them. So that's where we bring it in. So I'm a certified kids coach. So and with, you know, all of my energy work and meditation and breath and all that sort of stuff, you know, there's so much to choose from. So every session is completely different and it goes off the energy of the kids. What they bring to me, I work with. So I'm not trying to change them or shift them. I work with how they are at that time. So, mm. Mike, I'll hand it over to you, brother. Anything you want to um, share at this point? Yeah, I wish there was more of this in the mainstream school systems. Um, even to, even like 10% of this um, I know it can sometimes get chalked up as woo-woo or spiritual or, but it's not, it's actually physiology. We need to learn to regulate our nervous system. And if our desire is to eliminate all trauma, the best thing we can do is learn to regulate our nervous system. And as kids, we, our parents weren't taught this, so how can they teach their kids? And you know, what you're doing with the school sounds exactly like that. You know, you're helping slow down the onset of more trauma and even potentially unwinding some of the existing trauma that's there because you're teaching these kids to regulate their nervous system between zero and three we can't regulate our nervous system which is why we need parents so dearly and as you know in our formative years this is where we accumulate most of our patterns and um, behaviors from the traumas that were created because we couldn't regulate our nervous system so i would love to see this in the mainstream you know just to help all of the people understand that there is a way that I can, can feel safe in my own body. And, you know, it's amazing that you're working with the, at least, you know, getting to some people out there and probably the people who really need it as well. 
Yeah, it feels, it's just so amazing, like, to watch them come in and then to leave, you know, like, they can have their meltdowns. I get all of their secrets, so. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just magic, you know, and the parents come in, they're like, oh, thank God, you know, like, they can't wait to come to Mystic Kids or on Mondays we do Monday monkey, like Monday monkeys, because it's the little ones, like they're three to six. So we're hitting those age groups before, you know, it sort of gets there. And then we've got teens coming in one to one because it's, you know, like they don't want to be with the kids, which is great. You know, they've got their own stuff going on. But it's, you know, like we keep the pricing so small that, you know, we can do this. And if they can't afford it, I bring them in anyway. Because that's just what I do. So, yeah. you know, like if I see that there's a need and, you know, a parent comes to me and they say, we're so desperate for help, you know, I don't know what to do. And they're standing in front of me crying, you know, and really reaching out because that's the courage. That's where it takes us, you know, like they've they recognised that there's something going on. They're not coping. And the hardest thing to do is to ask for help. And mm. I won't turn away that asks me for help especially when it comes to the kids. Did you notice when you were setting up, Belinda, was there, um, and, and I don't know if there's a regulatory body that you need to go through or is there a process at red tape, but did you find that there was, at a bureaucracy level, there was a level of stonewalling or a level of making it harder for, yeah? Can you talk to that for us? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, I operate as a sole trader um, because I won't go through the registration process with NDIS. Um, one, it is ridiculously expensive and two, even on the support groups for NDIS, when you are advertising that you are a sole trader, they will try and knock that down because they don't understand the process. So I have, you know, what, 20, 20 modalities under my belt, plus the kids coaching, plus a whole heap of other stuff, but yet that's not enough for government bodies. You know, not the fact that I've lived through, you know, so much trauma, it's ridiculous and I'm still standing here. You know, there's addiction, there's DV, there's a whole world of beautiful things that have created me. So, you know, and that's my identity and government departments are wanting to remove my identity and I'm not having a bar of that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and this is where the kids get caught up, the parents get caught up because it is so ridiculous, the processes that they want you to go through just to receive help. Mm. So we don't do that. You know, so Has that's... You that's around? Have, you, have you found a workaround or is there something in the pipeline where you could possibly scale this or is it does it come back to private donations, charitable, you know, gifts from some wealthy individuals maybe i don't know what's the process to scale this because it's needed right yeah it's coming back to the private donations at the moment so where we are um so i have i've got about 55 square meters and my healing and massage and coaching that is what is actually supporting mr kids at the moment so um the girls are about to run my coaching girls are wonderful you know like they're just they're amazing they just want to keep doing um tribal moon cacao managed to sponsor you know um students for last term which was amazing because that was from the sales so any of the profit that's made from that was going into being able to sponsor these kids so that they could come through um government organizations i've had meeting after meeting after meeting and they're not interested because i'm not non-for-profit um 
and that in itself is a process that we are we are looking into yeah and a big process as well (laughs) (laughs) bb the thing i love when you explain something and then you finish up with your cheeky laugh and your cheeky smile to me it's so warming and so comforting and you know all those beautiful offerings that you have i just feel just to presence on top of that that incredible safety and trust that you provide and i feel like michael and michael and i are also really proud ambassadors of holding that energy for so many kids and teenagers and and adults and it's such an honor these days and the fact that you've created that space for those kids to come to a physical space that they know that they can go in that crazy city that you're in. Um, some of the stories that you've shared with me and some of my other yes. um, kids' parents that I mentor in that a- area uh, are insane, like like next level insane. Um, and it seems to be consistent. I've been um, you know mentoring kids in Melbourne and Sydney and and Perth recently, and there's a lot of the same things going on. So it's a different world out there, it would seem, than it was you know when we were that age. Um, so really honoring that space that you provided there and that safety and trust for those kids to share their secrets and know that they can and just to be themselves. And I think that way you're able to call them on their own bullshit in that space is really sets you apart. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'll just let you speak into that. What's coming up around those things I just said? Oh, look, I'm just so grateful that I can be here um, for them and, you know, and for the parents as well because, you know, a lot of the time, you know, we don't look after ourselves. It's just a given, you know, like everyone comes first and, you know, we've been doing a lot of work, we've been doing a lot of work with the parents that are coming in on just shifting just that little bit of the thought pattern. You know, like if we're reactive, they're reactive. You know, our energy is reflecting their energy. You know, their energy is reflecting our energy. So um, by bringing the parents into the space, what I'm finding is that there's quite a few mums that will just throw themselves down on my floor and they just lay. Mm-hmm. I had a client the other day and she fell asleep on the table. So I walked out and made a cuppa and left her there. You know, so she needed a nap. <laughs> I had nowhere else to be. So... Yeah, it's look. It's just beautiful. It's it's amazing that we can do that. And with the with the crime rates that are around here, and the influences like social media influences are you know like I'm, I'm a big one for that because you can just watch it all unfold. And we didn't have that, you know. We didn't have that. I mean, we went well. I did anyway. I went and played up, but we didn't have all the electronics. We didn't have all the I don't want to. I don't want to use the word bullying, but the the nagging. You know, we didn't have any of that. So we grew up. We learned our lessons quite young and quite early. You know, most of us, and we went through that. You know, not everything being smashed all over social media. So having them here, where they've actually got to do face to face contact. You know, and where I can see straight through them. You know, it's the same with the parents. Like what I didn't realize, I was my kids you know, worst person because I was the one that held them back. So with my own insecurities and my own projections and being able to go into a space where I can now share that with other parents, you know, their kids have a chance of actually being able to be their own little individual selves. 
Mike, I feel, like, I feel like I've got to let you go now, brother, because I can only imagine what's coming up in your heart after what BB just said. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, BB, this is just an invitation. And I've adopted BB. I normally call me Blinda, but I've just <laughs> Chase said it a couple Started. of times and it's now I'm using it. So um, just an invitation. I What I, from my experience, I see this is a passion project at the moment with other multiple parts of your businesses sort of propping up mystic kids. You know, it really came to me that this is a passion project and it will eventually morph into the fully sustainable self-functioning part of the business as well, which would be amazing to watch. But I find these passion projects come from the heart, but most importantly, they come from the past. And our past always dictates our present moment. You know, the things that happen to us, our pains, our voids, the things that we had to navigate in our youth, bring us into this present moment, which put us on our purpose. So I would love if you're open to and how far you're willing to go, because I could probably see there'd be a direct correlation between the work that you do now and maybe some of the things that you experienced growing up. And um, yeah, just an, I would love to share that with our audience as well, because it's my feeling is it comes from a deep place of knowing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm uncomfortable glad. right now, but I'm about this, to get really That's what this podcast is all about. We get uncomfortable all the time. Welcome. Welcome to I'm the show. I'm going, to step in, I'm going to step into the comfortable now. Yeah, you I've will. Have a little uncomfortable moment. Um, my background was um, like my parents are still together, so we didn't have split family or anything like that. We were all really good like sports people and um, – at about my voice is going a little funny at um at about 14 15 um i think it was about four i was 14 when i had my first um intravenous drug episode and i held that and worked with that dove in and out of some really dark places um until i had my son at 21. And then I dove back in again. So my world up until I was about 26, 27 was all drug related. And um, then it turned into grog, then pharmaceuticals. Meanwhile, my son was, um, he was like, he was struggling. You know, he was struggling. I kept moving him around, but I was so selfish in my approach back then that he now goes through like so he has he struggles with anorexia and has since he was 13. we were both involved in dv um so and then we had my other son so um my life to date has been about hiding hiding myself and hiding my kids so not actually like smothering them not actually letting them be who they need to be or have that freedom or that independence. So, you know, when it comes to now, like with my other ones, like I've now found that my youngest one now has this attachment to me when I'm trying to break my attachment mm -hmm. side of things, she's now like attached to me. So um, that whole world of hiding away because I was too scared to come out, hiding away because I was too scared that, you know, ex-partners or whatever, you know, and family members were actually going to find me and take everything from me. That was my story. So there's a whole heap of other stuff, but that was the, 
that was the part of it. And then, you know, coming into a place now where I, I know now that I could have done things differently, but I also know that they happened exactly how they needed to happen so that I was here. So it's taken a lot of forgiveness for myself, not to anyone else, you know, not to anyone else because I'm a big believer that I need to forgive myself first and everything else will just fall into place. You know, it doesn't matter what someone did. It doesn't matter, you know, how bad situations were. What matters is, you know, that I forgive myself and that I'm in a place now where I can look at it and go, yeah, it happened but I'm okay, you know, and allowing my kids that freedom now, which has taken a lot of deep, deep surrender, mm. really diving in deep and finding myself. So, and I reckon I'm there. I reckon I've got it now. So 15 years down the track and here I am. Mm. <laughs> so it's a slow process. Mm. Always a slow process and an ever, never ending process. Um, mm. Just want to acknowledge that moment for you to share that with our with our listeners you know that vulnerability and that openness to share our stories because i'm sure there's a few people listening who are also sitting there is like me too whether i'm in that right now or i've been there that was me too and maybe that gives someone some hope or it gives them a a, a beacon of light to go if Belinda can do it, maybe me too. And so thank you for sharing that. And honouring you also in that process that your ability to alchemize those, what we can call lessons now, but at the time we didn't see them as lessons, we see them as deep, dark nights of the soul and painful moments and, and deathly moments. And um, we can't see the forest for the trees at that point, but to alchemize that into a point where you can now use it as medicine which may be a leading point for Jay, but that may be that you alchemizing this into medicine to give back to the tribe, to give back to the community and help those that are currently navigating those where you didn't have someone to guide you through that. Where having been there, you can now do this. Hey guys, there is a path and let me show you, I've walked it and this is the fastest way out. Um, so just honoring you for, for that ability, yeah. Hmm. Mike, I love the way you speak, brother. It's just uh, always such a pleasure to, to have your energy in the space, to be in your energy. Such a pleasure. Um, and yeah, just with that too, just presencing that journey, BB, like, yeah, all those little things that you've been through, you know, to, to get to this point, like far out, it just sets you apart, you know, so uniquely. And I feel like, this next chapter kind of tapping into what Mike was saying too about expansing and really I'll, I'll just share a bit of my personal story with you BB because when we started I was really blessed that I, I was able to coach you for a six-week program I don't know it seems like another lifetime ago now it must have been a couple of years back now and um, that transition that we went through in that six weeks was just phenomenal I, I felt and I think you would agree um, and seeing all these amazing things that you've created um, ongoing from that and seeing you step into your power and speaking your voice and owning that energy and now really just tapping to what Mike said that next stage of up leveling that into this business and yeah I guess at some point finding that um that crossing of 
of course you want to welcome those people to sleep on the floor and arrest and of course you always will and whatever else you can do to offer those services and moving forward how you're able to scale that and bring that bring that magic to to really have this incredible incredible project that you know the full knowing that this can be supported full knowing that this can be its own beast to support itself without you needing to uh, you know finance it and all these things as it evolves and those next stages of of those boundaries of, of what's going to be set do you have any um do you have any thoughts around that at this stage or do you need any help with that um you know what do you what do you feel with that um definitely not trying to you know get you on as a client or anything again but just speaking that into the <laughs> truth like you got some really beautiful people in the space right now and we're always here for you you know and i'm sure there's lots of others but just handing that over to you what do you need right now what do you need to to get this sorted i think what we need is we need people to be aware that the services are there um, that's that's the big thing. Um, the the end game is to actually have a house and a property where we can bring these kids in um, for respite um, and allow them to just be them. So with the animals there, all of that sort of stuff. Especially, I'm really passionate about um, the fosters that are in the group homes because we actually have you know a young boy that comes to us every fortnight and. Um, yeah, these these kids they they need they need adults that you know that aren't going to judge them and that are just going to hold them because ultimately that's what they need you know and they need to be out of voice they need to learn how to talk you taught me how to voice Jay mm-hmm. you know because before it wasn't like I was saying nothing I was just doing my thing and plodding along. Um, you know, and didn't actually own any aspect of myself. I was happy to just, you know, be me. And then it was like, then I found this voice and it's like, you know, if I could advocate for, you know, all of these kids, I feel that that is, that is a big part of why I'm here. That's a big part of the, the mission is, you know, to be that voice and to show people that there are another way. So I think for me, it's just getting that awareness. You know, I had three new kids sign on yesterday and, you know, all from the one family and it's just beautiful. And that was simply by talking to people. So, yeah, how that looks, I, I don't know. I don't know how it looks. I think but definitely, I feel like- yeah, showing up as you, like you just kind of sum that up then, you know, the more you show up, the more you step into that, What what was what was once discomfort that's now a, a comfort um, or getting more comfortable, let's say, um, you know. Um, so stepping into that, the more you show up there, the more that's, that's you know, th- those clients are, are coming. And, you know, if you kind of break that down to really, you know, I just wrote down marketing and traffic, right? Marketing and traffic and getting those ducks aligned in this, in this current day and this changing world where whatever you were doing on social media or whatever else, you know, six months ago is probably not even in relevant in the ballpark anymore um keeping up with those changing worlds so um yeah that you know just getting that traffic because you've got the thing it's just getting um really clear on those offerings which you seem to be as well and then getting that traffic in that and showing up in in those places where because it's you it's you that they're coming for and the space is all incredible as well but you know it's you without um 
with a, you know tribal moon cacao without that right. without me showing up there in that space it just goes you know poof, every time and um as soon as i show up and just be me it just you know it goes back up again and it's it's so true it doesn't matter whether it's our own projects our, our passion projects for me my music schools and stuff or a chocolate thing which is not really related to anything that i do with music it just came about from the journey but anyway um it's really interesting Mm. yeah it's just so beautiful it's um and like i sit back and why i was so excited to come on is because i've sat back and i've been watching your journey i've been watching michael's journey and it's just like you know to have strong strong beautiful men that are prepared to speak you know we as women like they find that you know we're told that you know we we speak you know, we're the ones that are advocating for the kids. We're the ones that are doing this, doing that. But then what they don't realise is that there are people like you and Michael that come into a space and you hold such a profound amount of energy and wisdom. You know, how beautiful to, like, weave that in. Yeah, thank you so much, BB. Really, um, really receiving that. And I think just tapping in, we've had a few glitches today with the uh, the internet, so just presencing that too, we're trying to make a coherent uh, conversation here, you're doing a great job, BB. Um, I'm feeling like just to tap into maybe the plant medicine side of things, you come from a background, as you mentioned before, of kind of the opposite world of spirit, well, let's say plant medicine, at least the opposite world of that in the maybe the pharmaceutical world and some of these really quite heavyweight man-made drugs. And at some point you've made somewhat of a transition into the plant medicines and you now have a wealth of information on the medicine and also how they work with the body. Um, could you speak into a, that and maybe a bit about how the journey transitioned and, and how that works with your medicine today that you're offering? Yeah, yeah. Um, with the background, like it was all synthetic, you know, it was amphetamines, it was art, whatever, whatever it was, you know, it didn't matter. Um, and coming into this world, so my journey started probably about 15 years ago. So I've been work, like playing with the healing arts for about 15 years. And coming into the world of um, plant medicines, it was it was such a huge point of growth because I went from drugs to pharmaceuticals to alcohol back to drugs back to alcohol so um, now there's none of that but my thing was is that I couldn't do anything um, because I had that addictive personality and I was going to go back into that right so that was that was where my thinking was um, so I started I found a beautiful beautiful gentleman and I was working with um, some medicines and my first journey was one of all of my sight and everything was taken away so everything was taken away um, and that then threw me back into that no control when I was on the drugs I had control right in my mind I had control so that was one of those deep surrender moments what's I'm finding now by, and I've held so much space around plant medicines, help people through their processes and understand, I have a very good understanding of how the body, mind, spirit works. So what I have found now is that you'll have people that have had those types of addictions now going into the plant medicine. So I heard a story a few weeks back where someone had sat 14 times in three months with ayahuasca. Whoa. Ridiculous. 
and ex-addict. So, you know, or recovering addict, however you want to do it. So when we look at the plant medicines, they're like from from a three D from a three D perspective, there needs to be some kind of control around that for people to want a journey. I understand and have a very good understanding of all the benefits of working with these plant medicines. Um, however, when you start to get into, you know, ayahuasca, you know, all of those types of ones, the heavier ones, not heavier, but the stronger plant medicines, then that's when you're finding that people are wanting more and more and more. So I've actually stepped back from the plant medicines. I haven't worked with them. I still work with a few, but not the stronger ones. So I haven't sat since um, last year. So I actually stepped right back um, mm. in January and I went, okay, what is it that I want? I connect with the medicine. Do I need to... In do I need to ingest it? Do I need to consume it? No, I don't. You know, right now you have people holding space that have no idea around how the body works, how the mind works, but yet they're spiritually tapped in, so that's okay. To me, that's not that's not okay, and I'm quite passionate about this. So, mm, um, if, yeah, if you are going to work with medicines, then, you know, it's about doing your research. They ha absolutely have their benefit. Absolutely mm. have their benefit. However, there is a fine line between working with the medicines and just doing it for the sake of feeling like you're hitting that high. So it's really, it's a really interesting process to watch. Um, you know, when we talk about serotonin and dopamine levels and that sort of thing, there are specific, um, specific plants that match our serotonin levels. You know, and they're the ones that they're working with. Um, like over in the States, it's just been introduced here in Australia, like it's legalized now. But those particular plant medicines are amazing, you know, to work with PTSD, trauma, all of that sort of stuff. It's, it's awesome. And then you've got the other side of it where you've got other plant medicines that match your dopamine. So, you know, people that are out there holding space at the moment, like I, I would question that and I would go, are you actually aware of what these things can do to your body? You know, and that that's just my my take. I love a good plant medicine sitting, but I'll do it my way. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's always interesting to have that conversation because it's very ripe at the moment. It is the in thing to do at the moment. So, Mike, what's your thoughts on all that, brother? Uh, very much seen, I have seen that path trend and I use that word intentionally to, to be a trend and, uh, you know, I've heard of people doing five MEO DMT and that's their first experience. You know, that's straight into the rocket launcher, um, with no spiritual background, no mental fortitude and physically not prepared. Um, following none of the protocols of the deities to cleanse the body and prepare ourselves for that. And unfortunately, these things happen. Like we, we get a few influences like people, which is great because they bring awareness to these things and then it becomes cool and everyone wants to do it, but they don't understand the protocols of actually doing it properly um, and the sacredness to it and the spirituality and, and what you're opening yourself to because there's this body dimension, but then there's the fifth dimension and all the other dimensions that you're opening portals to. 
some people aren't ready for that. And, you know, it's, it really should be an inner calling, not an ex, something external of ourselves that I've heard on social media or one of my mates did this thing. And, you know, it really should be this pull that you have an inquiry first and that it's never this knee jerk reaction. It's a long process, like years to get to the point of, um, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this thing a bit further now. And, and I think people are just sort of, I've heard people doing it from a, um, a party aspect. You know, they take DMT for a for a Saturday night with the, with their friends. Um, so yeah, I think unfortunately there is two things at play here. There is the level of what's new and trending and what is cool, and then there's the commercialization or the bastardization of what the actual ritual is, and and that happens with everything, right? Um, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether it was in fitness, in finance, in business, people just catch on to the trends and, and it runs like rapid fire. Um, so like Belinda said, for me, I, I exercise a lot of discernment when it comes to, um, I don't even make the recommendation, you know, it's like, well, if you get the call and you really have that pull on the heart, let me know. And we'll sit with a couple of people that might be of the right standing but yeah i completely agree wholeheartedly and what's the solution to that uh, education and i think it's run its course i think it's so far because mm. it's in the tv shows now it's in the short films it's in the long form films it's everywhere mm. and i think it's the the, the horse is bolted mm -hmm. I, I don't know if there is a solution for that um and all we can pray is those people that have these experiences that might not be ideal, that they are not completely turned away from it and they seek better sources. Yes. They seek the, the truth. You know, There's true, true and truth, but, you know, it's something closer to truth. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, brother. Um, BV, before, you know, you spoke um, about your journey growing up and we spoke about how, Mike, you know, presence that some of some of our listeners may be influenced by that and, and really touched by that because they might be going through that or have gone through that and trying to get back on their feet. One thing that I kind of thought about too is they may have kids going through that right now. So um, it's probably highly likely also. So I'm really curious if you're open to sharing what your pivotal change was that made you get your shit together, so to speak. Like you said that during that journey, you had a child and you stopped and then you went back on that other journey. And then at some point, something changed and led you on a journey. So I don't know if you want to go into the story or not, but what was, you know, the energy behind that? What, what shifted and had, where to from there? Like, where do you begin your new life from there? This is one of those uncomfortable, but I'm going to get comfortable in it type moments again. Um, the pivotal moment for me was I was um, pregnant with my second and this was the DV um, situation and I was driving out to Barbie Island and I had my son in the back and my partner at the time was beside me and I was driving down the road and, and he grabbed me around the throat while I was driving. And he yelled at me that I tried to kill my son 
um, you know, when he was newborn and that was, I was doing drugs at the time. So my son was awake for 24 hours because I had fed him. Now this is, I don't speak to this. So mm. good one boys. So we're getting, <laughs> we're sharing this right now. Um, so I had fed him when I was high and he was actually awake for a ridiculously long period of time. And I had been vulnerable and I shared that with this partner and my son being in the back and he has grabbed me around the throat and lifted me up while I was driving the car with my son and I pulled over he said I need a drink you need to stop and I need to get a drink and I said okay I pulled over at a little set of shops at Bribey Island he went in to get a drink and I drove away with my son and I never saw him again and I was pregnant with his with his um, child so that is, um, yeah, that was my pivotal moment. This is not going to happen again. I'm not going to let myself do this. And then that went into hiding, like literally hiding my two kids. So um, the godsend was that my mum and dad were actually building a house and they moved into the house with me that I was, that I was living in at the time. So that was the pivotal moment for me. Yeah. So I was 29 at that point. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. baby. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your mission in this lifetime. You are such an inspiration for so many. I'm sure there's people tearing up including myself right now it's just you know that's just oh. thank you sister thank you thank you thank you but if we can't share this stuff and we can't be vulnerable how do we expect people to come to us and bear all yeah. you know like th this is this is our mission as well this is mm. our job like we we own who we are this is our identity so you know, to be able to, even though I'm very uncomfortable, I'm a little bit more comfortable now that I've got it out, but I can feel my throat tightening, like it was tightening as I was speaking. Mm -hmm. So that's where the courage is, and we all have that courage in us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just a matter of, like, having two beautiful boys like you here going, right, answer this. I <laughs> <laughs> oh. love that word, courage. The Latin word of courage is core and heart since from the heart speaking one's truth from the heart and so what you just did was not only spoke your truth from the heart and so vulnerably and openly but maybe you just gave the permission for someone else to find courage as well so thank mm, you beautiful mm. how you feeling bb oh yeah i'm good <laughs> yeah 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 I, mean, I could sit here for hours mm. and just cheat yeah, yeah. We're going to have to wrap it up, um, but I think what we'll do is we'll do a part two on this um, down the track and um, just so grateful for your time today, BB. Just to, to wrap this up with all you're doing right now, where can people find you? This you know, Mystic Kids School is just phenomenal to have such a mentor who's been through so much like you in the space. I can only imagine the profound shifts that these kids must be having. Where can people find you? Um, so the website is there or they can reach out directly. So yeah, and the website is? Um, the website's um, www.mystickids with a Z. Um, cool. dot com. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, awesome. Um, thank you, guys. I think we'll wrap it up there. And uh, until part two, uh, we'll see you all soon. Thanks, Blender.